What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 10 to 16, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 19th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and of course, have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is Brad Johnson. Truly, I'm moved by this conversation. Brad jumps right in and vulnerably shares his life. We discuss burnout, separation, consistency, quiet time, and worthiness. Enjoy meeting my friend, Brad. All right, Brad Johnson, welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes. How are you today, man? Doing good, man. Doing good. It's so good to uh, have you on the podcast. Uh, I know just for you listening, uh, Brad is sitting outside, so we might hear some background noise, some driving, some things like that, but we wanted to uh, meet and talk fatherhood, so so just be aware of that. Uh, so Brad, just to get get things rolling here, how old do you find yourself today? I uh, I turned 36 uh, in March. 36? Okay. And then how many years you've been married? 15. 15. Okay. So 15 21, years. huh? Yeah. Yeah. Could, couldn't, had to wait, couldn't wait, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, bro. I got, I turned 21 six days before I got married. <laughs> uh, so, so young as well. How many kiddos do you guys have? We have four, four beautiful kids, man. I've got um, ranging from four to 14, three boys and one girl. So. Three boys and a girl. Mm, where's the girl fall in the mix? She is my second child. Um, she is getting ready to be 13. All um, right. Yeah, I'm not really, re- not really. Not really ready for that, so maybe you and I have to get together off this and, and talk talk uh, talk uh, talk that out. Okay, so so we don't have to talk that out now. But in what way are you ready for that, and in what way are you not ready for that? So I have I have a thirteen year old daughter. So right now I have a ten year old daughter, and then a thirteen year old son, thirteen year old daughter, fourteen year old daughter, and a sixteen year old daughter. So I'm just like just ahead of the cusp on a couple things where we've had a couple boyfriends, we've had a couple things. So in what ways are you ready? And then, you know, and then what ways are you feel not ready? I'm ready for the fact that, uh, that she's got a good head on her shoulders. You know, she's, she's, um, a lot like her mom, which is a good thing. Um, I'm ready for, for that stage of her life. But at the same time, I'm, it's hard as a father especially uh, you have a lot of girls. I have one girl. It's hard for me to give that position up to another man. Um, Mm -hmm. But I hope that one thing I've done is, is model what that man should look like, which is, which is a prayer of mine, but we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Every day fighting to be that dude, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, where does your family reside? Where do you guys live? We live in North Carolina. We're kind of right in the middle of the state. 
uh, best part of the state, I think. We're an hour and a half from the mountains and a few hours from the beach, so we have a pretty good, pretty good uh, location as far as I'm concerned. Nice. And then, you know, I, I love and hate this question. I asked the question to level the playing field for fathers, not to, uh, not for us to uh, size each other up. But what is it that you do for a living to provide for the family? Uh, I uh, own a manufacturing company. Uh, we uh, are a growing business, been around a little while, um, but we're, we're venturing into new markets. And uh, yeah, that's definitely taxing being, being a, a business owner and entrepreneur. We've also owned an event space and hosted events for the last, gosh, 10, 12 years now. So, but we're getting out of that and uh, that particular venue, which has taken up a lot of our weekend time and uh, kind of focusing on the family a little bit more. Love it. Love it. Brad, so you, you have kids kind of at some different stages. You've been a father for some time. Um, when did you first embrace fatherhood? When did you realize this matters big time? The way I show up matters. The way I love serve these kids matters. Do you recall a time that uh, you had that realization? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I, I'm going to have to say it wasn't until the last three, maybe four years that it really sank in with me. Um, mm. Don't get me wrong. I, I went through the motions. I did all the things that a good dad should do on the surface. Um, but you know, raising children, it's, it's not about what you do on the surface. It's, uh, it's about the other things that, uh, that really matter. So, um, it wasn't until probably of late that I truly saw, you know, what type of life I wanted to lead to be an example to them, um, and pull myself together in a, in a fashion that I could be proud of and that I could continue a legacy for, um, yeah. So unfortunately, hasn't been until the last few years that I've truly taken that full ownership of that. What was the defining moment I for think, you to want to go for it? Yeah. 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 So I, I figured that question was coming, <laughs> uh, which is where you want to go, but you don't, what you don't want to go. So let's go there. Um, yeah, the defining moment for me was a, a really dark place in my life. Um, part of one of the, the things that pulled me um, into being a good father now. Uh, my wife and I, we, we separated for a short period of time after being married for quite a number of years. Uh, we got married really young and uh, probably didn't have ourselves all together when we got married. And it wasn't until maybe 10 years in that we started to really realize how different we were and, and what kind of things we needed to do. But long story short, um, in that separation period, um, I got to I got to really miss my kids. I got to, mm. to see see and feel and experience the ups and the downs of what it would be like to not be a father, and uh, and what it would be like if someone else became their father. That was huge for yeah. me. Um, you know that that realization that that could happen um, left me just with so many questions of. of of what that could look like. But, uh, 
thank God, um, my wife and I, we worked things out. We worked on ourselves. We pulled ourselves back. And I am happy to say that we are stronger than we've ever been. And um, we wouldn't take any of it back. But I say that it gave me an appreciation and a realization of what being a good father looks like, um, both inside and out, and setting an example for them of, of what what I would expect out of them and what, Mm. and what they can expect out of me. Um, you know, I think it's, it's better to be consistently good than occasionally great. That's kind of been a revelation to me. Um, you know, it's easy as dads to be busy and think that we're going to make up for being busy by doing the big trip or doing something for them here and there. But, and I tell you, just being consistent in the little things, is uh is where it's at consistently good and consistently there for them and the little things that's that's where i found the most growth and the most um the most acknowledgement as to, to what it means to be a father i think dude that is powerful that quote did you hear that somewhere the consistently uh, good compared no, to just, that's you huh yeah, I, i'm sure it's probably yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, Dude, that's me, that man. is that is powerful. And and the thing that I I just want to go back on for a second is one. Thanks for your honesty, vulnerability. Like, obviously, it's like on one level we just want to get on and talk about fatherhood. Like, ah, oh, it's so great, and I'm awesome, and we have so much fun, and we went on this trip, and blah blah blah. But <laughs> the reality is, is like if a dude's listening to this, it's most likely because he's trying to learn and grow because this shit's hard, not because it's just you know, freaking cotton candy all the time. Uh, so, yeah. but what you said is, you know, you wanted to show your kids how a good father would show up and you connected that to your marriage. And I think that sometimes there's a disconnect in our culture that like being a good dad includes laying down your life and loving your spouse and really investing in your marriage. Because it's like, if you want your sons and your daughter <laughs> to have a great marriage one day, that's going to or life that comes from less conflict in that area, right? Cause there's just so much conflict in that area. Uh, yeah. so I like how you, you connected those. So with that, you know, you and I connected at a personal development, um, group called rise up Kings. When you kind of entered this, this season of like the dark place, you called it. Is that when you started seeking out things like, personal development, like a rise up Kings. And you mentioned another uh, event that you had gone to as well. Is that when you started that checking those out? Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, that was during the, the build back phase, I guess. That's mm. when my wife and I, we, we worked on each other or we worked on ourselves and in turn, uh, wound up working on each other. But, um, yeah, rise up Kings was a, a huge part of that. That was, that was pretty close to that time period. Um, and and since then I've I've gained a a wealth of friends and knowledge and, and accountability and certain things that's that's gone a long ways to to make me a better husband and father for sure. Love it. Love it, man. So good. So you you know, you kind of shared a little bit of this already, but as you just think back to your fatherhood role, um, what's something that you've learned about yourself? So, I mean, one thing I've already learned about you is like a resilience to fight for what deeply matters to you. Uh, but from your perspective, what's something that you've learned about yourself through being a father? 
uh, man, it's not about me. You know, mm. uh, it's so easy to be and it's all about me mentality. I mean, the world, the world and the way we perceive it is, is only through one set of eyes, but there's a lot of mm. little eyes that, that we're, we're in charge of and that we have the privilege of, of cultivating. So seeing the world through those eyes and, and not so much through my own is probably been the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Uh, How do you pause to see the world through your kids' eyes and not just get caught up in business, marriage, your own stuff? Sure. It's it's getting down and dirty with them. It's uh it's finding out what's the latest Pokemon. It's uh mm. it's 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 diving into uh my son's got my oldest son, he's uh started doing computer builds and he just built a, a gaming computer and it's just a love and a passion of his. I, I am not great with technology. I had a had a time getting on here with you to record this podcast. I mean, <laughs> technology and I don't don't uh, coincide in the same room. But uh, sitting down and learning some of the parts with him and learning what they do and and trying to like dig in with him, where you know on a selfish basis, I would probably say I don't have time for this. This doesn't meet my needs. This this is nothing I'm interested in. Um, there's a lot of a lot of selflessness that's that's gone into my children, especially in the in the last three or four years. Not to say that I didn't do it before, but definitely more aware and intentional about it at this point in my in my life and in their lives. Dude, so good. Aware and intentional. And I, I love it because I think that we all have I, I don't think I know that we all have the ability to do that. So it's just making that a priority to not just look through our own eyes, but look through their eyes and then be intentional and selfless uh, with them. With that in mind, you know, how would you describe the role of the father? I mean, in some level, that's kind of what you're talking about now. But but what is the role of the father? The role of the father to me now is is. Um... It's one giving them security and consistency, um, showing up each day um, better than the day you did before, um, and, and then also just living life the way that you would want them to live it out in in their future versions of themselves. So, like, I see myself as making the next generation a little bit better than than I was, and, and mm. my hope is that they will see that and and continue that type of lineage you know, down the line, uh, you know, the biggest thing to me is, is being able to put a dent in this world in a good way um, and, and impact people's lives and speak into people's lives. And, and my children's lives are the most important ones that I can speak into. Yeah. Um, so, so living life, living life in a way that uh, creates a legacy that, that will, will move the needle on, on making this world a better place. It's funny how we say that, right? We want to leave a mark on this world. We want to make it a better place. So there's this underlying current, this understanding that that things aren't the way that they're supposed to be or that things could be better. And I don't even know of a different word to use, but it's like, I want to grow as a human. You're talking about wanting to grow as a human. I obviously want my son and you want your sons. I have one son, but to to be a better man, again, for the lack of a, a different word, than I am, but everything that I do is building upon the foundation of 
the foundation that he's going to grow from. And I think this mindset, this understanding that we are going to leave a mark on this world. But I think sometimes as men, especially as entrepreneurs, we get a little too wrapped up. And I know I do in like this big picture, like I want to make a massive impact. And then we miss the most important impact, which is building up our daughters and sons for future families. Because the reality is, is if like every dad did that in their homes, we wouldn't have to have these massive missions or massive churches or massive people trying to make massive impact because it would just be done on a micro level inside of our homes, which is going to last for generations. Like what you're talking about, your lineage and your legacy. Yeah, it kind of corresponds with something I've been sitting with for a while. And that's... um, as an entrepreneur, we're always looking for the next big thing. We're always, we're always like pounding the pavement, trying to, to uh, make something bigger, better, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. It's different for everyone. But, you know, one thing I've, I've found in my quiet time here lately is, is that um, instead of chasing so much of the promised land, that we need to be chasing more of like his presence. And, and you can correlate that to your children as well. Instead of like, always trying to get to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, which is great, you know, slowing down and spending time in, in their presence. Um, and there's breadcrumbs there. I've, I've seen like there's breadcrumbs there that will get you to that promised land. Um, like you're going to get there. It's Don't worry about it. Like as long as you're doing the right thing, which is like being in that moment, whether that's with the Lord, whether that's with your kids or your wife, like, if you're there and you're present, like the breadcrumbs will be there to get you to the place you want to be when it's all said and done at the end of your life. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's about being present, being engaged. Talk to me about quiet time, you know? So just in the course of the last couple of sentences, you made this, this mention of, well, one, I mean, we know you're a busy guy. You got four kids, you got a couple of businesses, a lot going on, but then you drop this, uh, my quiet time. What's that mean? What's that look like? How does that help you? Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've developed a routine. Uh, I'm up at 4 a.m. most mornings. Um, and, and that's as an entrepreneur and a dad and everything else in between. Uh, if people are awake, they're, they're wanting me. They're, they're pulling on me. And uh, <laughs> that's a so that, <laughs> if people are awake, they're wanting me. This is true. So I've, I've found that the only true quiet time I can get is typically when and people, most people are sleeping. And uh, But to be honest, it has been the most precious time that I've ever had in my entire life. I've, you know, I get my workout in, I get my, my Bible study in, I get my prayer time in. But my prayer time here lately, I, I've been kind of listening to the Lord and it's been more and more of just me listening mm. and just saying like, I'm here, I'm listening. Like you are way better and smarter than I am. I'm listening to whatever you have to say. And the, like the things that come out of that, man, for your, for your life and for where you want to head. It's crazy. It's, it's wild how much he talks when you listen. Don't want to break this down because, um, uh, just because the vibe I get from you is, is, humble and not overly and this no shame no guilt for anybody but not like overly charismatic like you weren't coming with the intention of i want to share about my quiet time with the lord and get into that but i'm pushing you on it because it's because it seems raw real vulnerable so a couple things i want to point out one you said i developed a routine 
So guys, we are the sum of our habits, right? And so when you say you developed a routine, it's not like, ah, oh, this crap's just easy for me. No, I want to be this guy. So this is what I got to do. Um, and so now, now that we've kind of made that, okay, that took some effort and work. It's not like it happened overnight. Talk to me about the listening. Cause dude, I have a hard time sitting for three minutes in quiet. So talk yeah. to me about the development of sitting quiet and just like, okay, what am I going to feel here? See, whatever. What does that look like? And how do we cultivate that? Oh man, that's definitely a discipline. Um, uh, it's it's not easy for us to be quiet, especially the way the world comes at us now. It's there's it's why it's almost extinct. It feels like um, so creating quiet spaces is is discipline, um, and it, and that's what it's it was for me at first was discipline, but discipline when it's when it's aimed at the right thing and you're getting results quickly turns into desire. Um, ah, it, that's good. And that's, that's something that you crave. That's something that gives you results. That's something that feeds your soul. And that's the kind of thing that, that legacy is born out of. Dude, that's really well said. I hope for myself and for dudes listening that we would cultivate that, that listening. And I think when I, when I do think about the importance of this, I'm reminded and I'm sure I heard this somewhere, but you know, <clears throat> sometimes the shower is the only place where like everything just ceases to be, you know, a distraction. And so, and, but then some of our best ideas or like, oh my gosh, now I know how I'm going to handle X, Y, or Z happens in the shower because I'm not distracted by everything else. My subconscious, my conscious, whatever is working on the problem with me, whatever you want to think. But if that's the case, then why not create like 10, 15, 20 minutes of space in my morning or sometime in my day to set that aside to make that happen versus it just happen randomly? Sure, sure. Yeah, it's uh, any place is a good place. That's 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 kind of what I say. It just it just boils down to the discipline of, of, of making that place a good place. Uh, the shower is a great place. Uh, this morning it was it wasn't bright and early, but it was early when I, before I left the house, uh, traveling out of town today, but the, uh, sitting in the shower, like a few minutes of just quiet time and listening. And, uh, I told my wife, I said, it was, it was hard for me not to just cry in the shower, which is really easy to do in the shower because no one really knows. No one's going to see you and you're already wet. So whatever. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, I had a revelation this morning, even like of of his truth is so good that it's time for me to be good to his truth. Hmm. What does uh, that mean? And to me, what that meant was like I've had so much given to me and and been blessed in so many ways that it's it's past time for me to not be out there sharing more and more of that with other people, sharing more and more hmm. of that with my kids as a father. Um, you know, that, that goodness was given to me, but I have a measure of goodness that now I'm responsible to give out. Hmm. Dude. Where does that, where does that, I mean, just like a seed in your face, where does that, um, 
conviction or the the revelation or the what's the word I'm looking for here that that belief you know is it from the discipline of just regularly showing up and connecting to God is it you know where does where do you credit that to and that's a that's a creditation to a lot of broken times a lot of broken mm. pieces yeah, yeah. It took me a long time to to realize that those broken things happened for a reason. Um and the beauty of of knowing that those broken pieces are what create a whole person. Hmm. Yeah, it took me a long time to start to not only see it and realize it, but to actually believe it myself. But yeah, you know, seeing my kids' faces every day, seeing in the way that they look at you when you get home, the way they look at you before bed. Um, it's, it's in all those places. Dude, Brad, you seem so present to life, man. You seem so present to that moment when your kid says goodnight to you, when your kid says good morning to you, um, <clears throat> to even when you're spending your quiet time, you seem very present. Um, and I find myself very much thinking about the next thing I'm going to do. You know, so like if I come in the house to do something or I'm waking the kids up, I got to go make lunches and then I got to make breakfast. And so those things are going to happen, but I'm thinking about them already. Um, and so any any thoughts that you have on how to how to be engaged in present and not be thinking about what's going to happen next? What good way that I've, you know, like we said, today's in today's world, like our phones are attached to our hips most of the time. Um, and I used, I used to have this phrase that I would tell people who I worked with because I wanted to make myself available for the next big thing was I said, if I, if, if, if my pants are on, I'll answer my phone. That was a, just a funny way of saying that you can call me whenever. Um, but being intentional about like what's family time and what's work time and what's play time and, and what's my time and, and all these different times is, is they're not all equal. They're all there specifically to do a, a certain thing or to pour into a certain thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and realizing that has been a huge thing for me. Um, some people, you know, time blocking has been huge. I have some good friends yeah. that, that do a lot of time blocking. Um, and if that works for people, I think that's a great avenue. But, you know, making yourself present for your kids and present for those moments um, and, and unreachable at those moments is, has been a killer for me. Unreachable at those moments. So meaning that if it's family time, you're unreachable for work time. Is that what you mean? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing how, how freeing that is too. Like it's life giving to your family. It's life giving to your kids when they get to see your attention on them and not on the yeah. next thing. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it's life giving to you as well. And, 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 uh, burnout's a real thing for dads. Burnout's a real thing for, for husbands and, and whether you work for someone or you work for yourself, like it's so easy to, to burn out. So to take that time for those specific things and not have to multitask or put your attention in too many different areas is a way for you to be a healthier version of yourself. Yeah. So just to jump on this, man, uh, the family time versus, versus work time, uh, I find myself regularly, it's easier to make work time the priority and forget that the work time 
was to create the family time, right? So there's one is is more important than the other, but so being aware of that. And then, yeah, I've been working with my spiritual mentor, a, a guy I meet with every two weeks for accountability and just uh, faith, faith growth. Um, but just this concept of like sixth gear and second gear, it's like when I'm at work, I'm entering into sixth gear. I'm going to go fast and get my crap done. But then sure. the transition to like second gear presence when I'm at home with my family, like three o'clock, three 30, I'm done. And that transition, I'm not good at it, but that is kind of like my annual focus is, is working on that piece. Yeah, I could speak to that and definitely can say that I've felt those ways before. Um, it's, it's easy to, you know, the way we structure our days typically is, is we give it all to work. Um, maybe you get to see your kids in the morning for a while, but when you get home, your, your energy levels are down, everything's down. Um, but yeah, coming consistently to the table with, with energy and focus at the time it matters most, which is at home, uh, is a key part of, of being a dad who's, who's clued in and who's, who's present. Uh, the last thing your kids want is, is you to check back out on them, whether that's, you know, even on a on a mental level or if that means numbing out to tv or, or something else like you know the 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 person who walks through that door has to have the amount of vigor that the person who walked in the office at 8 a.m that morning you know what mm. i mean it has it has to come from a, a consistent yes. place or or then if not they're they're playing second fiddle and that's that's something that you don't want at the end of your life is to say that my family was second fiddle. Man, that's powerful. It's a conviction for me to think, you know, maybe do one less thing during the workday, you know, don't give it a hundred percent, maybe give it 85% so that I'm, I, I'm, I am showing up with vigor, with energy yeah. and focus. Three key oh, things yeah. that your family needs. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Brad, Okay, so this podcast is Fatherhood Field Notes. I mean, clearly, we're just, we could talk forever about this. You're opening up your life, your field notes, just getting right into it, sharing the wins, uh, the flops, the, you know, the victories, the mistakes. The mantra behind it is rebel and create. And rebel and create could be applied to I'm rebelling against, you know, uh, being on my cell phone at dinner time so that I can create great family conversations, or I'm rebelling against, you know, leaving at 5 a.m. to go to the office so that I can see my kids in the morning or something on a larger scale. When you hear rebel and create, what's something that you are rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that rebellion? That's a good question. Um, hopefully I'm rebelling against the norm or, or what's perceived to be the norm of a dad. Um, that's that's something that that's near and dear to my heart is, is I do want to be the dad who who is there for the games. I want to be the dad who was willing to take off work to, to be there for his kids instead of the mom having to do it all the time. Um, so that they know they matter more than, more than what I'm up to, um, because they need to be what I'm up to. That's, those are probably the things that I would, I would say are, are most important for me to rebel, um, rebel against and rebel towards, I guess. Um, and then to create, I want to create. I want to create a a lifestyle of of companionship with my children, 
and and a lifestyle where when they get older that there's there's no distance between us there's nothing they can't say there's nothing they can do and they know it like they know that they know in their gut that their dad is going to be there for them and is and is going to be able to have any conversation um and just to create a a a forward momentum of of young adults that uh, they go out into the world and then eventually have hopefully grandchildren. I mean, if I've had four kids, I think my odds are decent at having grandchildren. Um, For sure. I I hope that my grandchildren are a step above my kids. And that if if Mm. we can continue to, if we can continue this, this forward momentum and, and, and being present fathers, then generations down the line, maybe we can change the world. Uh, the world's perspective of what it means to be a father and live that out for the world. Yeah, man, I love I love what you're saying. You know, you said perceived when you when I first asked this, you said kind of that you're rebelling against the the norm, the perceived norm, and and I think that's kind of like what I want to do with rebel and create. Like these conversations is like we're just regular dudes, really. You know, like we're not famous. <laughs> Nobody is like, oh my gosh, I gotta hear Ned. I gotta hear Brad. I mean. I'm trying to normalize the fact that there's great dads like you and I out there showing up so that when other dads show up, they're like, oh my gosh, I am this guy too. I just got to go act like him. Just like you and I are choosing daily to act like the dad we want to be. And when we find ourselves acting like the scumbag dad, then we're, we're refocusing. So I love the perceived norm because there's a lot of great dads out there, but we do want to normalize that, right? We want the world to see that dads are awesome right? And they show up and they're engaged. And the other thing I I really like is I think so much of the time we're so focused on like today, this month, this year, but you're talking about your grandkids. You're talking about beyond your life, realizing that the way you show up today, the way you show up in your, the rest of your life is going to impact just beyond your life. So what does that look like for us? Not just having kids for 18 years, but being grandfathers. Maybe one day we're great grandfathers. One day we'll be gone and our grandkids will be dads and some of how they show up will be a reflection of how you and I showed up. Yeah. Um, Dude, that's huge. That's huge. That's, that's a big aim, man. It is. It is. It puts some, some positive pressure and, and I would say opportunity. It shows the opportunity you and I have. It's not just about, will my kid leave my house at 18 and be able to get a job. It's far, far deeper than that. Definitely. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's what, uh, that's what we're here for. That's, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're created for. Um, and that's where we're going to make the most impact. Mm. So before I ask you my last question, you know, before the podcast, I, I always send out like a Google sheet and ask some questions and the one thing that you made a comment about that I really wanted to bring up is that one of the things that you are working to cultivate uh, in your children is in your children is that they understand that they're worthy. What does that mean to you? Yeah. And and I just think that's a really powerful word because I think I think the dad more than anybody else in a human being's life helps them know that the, like who they are. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your father figure is, um, 
And I say figure because some people aren't, some people don't have dads. Some people have a mentor. Mm-hmm. Some people have a grandparent. Like, like the father can be a lot of different things from a lot of different people. And for those people who don't have any of those things, they have the heavenly father. But there's a sense of, of, of unworthiness, a spirit of unworthiness in people. Um, you know, we're always comparing ourselves. We're always, mm-hmm. uh, we're always putting ourselves up against the next best guy and, and seeing how we can either surpass him or trip him. And, and that's not where wow. we want to come from. You know, we, yeah. I, I was, I was one wheeling with my son uh, and, uh, and, and, and that the feeling of, of, of just having that conversations with him, you know, he is, he is perfectly he is perfectly fitted for the future that he's being pulled into. And, and, and those, those words that he's, he's worthy of, of what God's created him to be. And he's worthy of whatever he wants to be. Um, he's got it all. Like from beginning mm. to end, he's got it all. He can't do anything to take away from that. Um, and I think when kids can can start to to really see that, whether that's through the relationship with the father or however they they get to see that uh, being feeling worthy and and not not having that feeling of unworthiness is is huge. That's going to be the catalyst that propels them forward. That in a way that there is no ceiling to it. Hmm. <clears throat> Bro, the power that us fathers have to invite our children into who they are is so significant. And dads, if you're listening to this right now and you showed up and you didn't have a good dad, you didn't have somebody invite you into fatherhood, into manhood, I just want you to take Brad's words and apply them to yourself. I want you to hear like, you have what it takes. You have what it takes. You are worthy. Uh, You are an incredible human being. Powerful. And, and every day you're, you may have to remind yourself that because you might not feel that way, but don't miss your opportunity to invite your sons and daughters into that because you didn't get that. Like shift, shift what is in your, you know, your family tree, but you are the one to do that. Um, Brad, powerful, bro. I'm going to, any, any last thoughts before I ask you my last question? Shoot, man. I'm ready. All right. All right. So legacy question. So, I mean, we've clearly been hearing this just from the depths of your soul, but imagine 30 years from now, 30 years from now, you are outside peering into the homes of your children and you see them married, kids, life. What is it that you see being played out in their homes? And you know, the Brad that chose to get up at four and do his quiet time and create these disciplines created what you're seeing in those homes? What do you see being played out? Hmm. I see a sense of wholeness um, and, and, and so much love, like hmm. so much love. I, uh, I just, just on the same topic. I mean, I, I uh, was recently at a, a, an event called the Revenant um, process uh, which is an amazing place. But uh, one of the, the exercises that we did was we had to imagine that uh, that we went down on the ship and we had like a few words to say to like 
our loved ones. Mm-hmm. Like we had someone who could relay a message back to our loved ones, but it had to be a short message. And man, like to, wow. I went, th- I went through that scenario mentally of like what it would be like after I'm gone and looking through that window and seeing that family. I mean, you talk about just being a proud papa. That's, that's, mm. I, I believe there's going to be so much love and compassion and honest communication between, you know, all of them and how they, they grow and, and continue that legacy forward. Mm. Brad, dude, so rich, so many nuggets, so good. Um, dude, thank you for joining me on the Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. Thank you for sharing your life. Thank you for the husband, father, business owner, leader, uh, man that you are. And and 36, bro, you're like crushing it, dude. Uh, keep showing up, dude, every day as yourself. Keep learning and uh, just being being that honest man in pursuit of making each day better. And uh, I just want to thank you as well for, for supporting Rebel and Create and the new kids book that's coming out, being a big supporter of that. You know, I truly believe that's going to be a tool to help dads see who they are. And, and we're all playing this role into inviting fathers into, into fatherhood, man. So thank you big time for who you are and for all that you do. I'm looking forward to uh, getting that copy and sitting down and reading it to, to my kids. So thank you for all you do. And thank you for having me on, man. All right, bro. Until next time. What an incredible conversation, extremely insightful. I hope this conversation inspired you as it did me to continue to fight to make your family a priority and to never stop becoming a great father, right? This is a craft of becoming. My friends, the Adventure of Fatherhood Children's book is out. Go check it out. Grab a copy. It is beautiful. It is made with you in mind adventurefatherhood.com where you can find it. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. I look forward to hanging out with you next time.